This episode of Bookmarked is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com slash bookstacked. That's audibletrial.com slash bookstacked. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So I have to say, I thought that originally that we would maybe be talking about how terrible the Artemis Fowl movie looks like it's going to be. Um, <laughs> but recent events, like now the Artemis Fowl movie feels like it was such a so far away, you know? I don't know. Everything's just been crazy the last week. And I had this trip planned to Europe and now it's canceled and I was going to meet Eleanor. Um, yeah. I know. I can't believe that's happened. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, that made me feel so bad. Um, my, I, I have, I had, have, have. It's in question now. I was planning on visiting Europe in spring too after university, and I think yeah. we're canceling. So I've been really bummed out this week too. Same oh, with we're, me. No, it just sucks. It's like crazy. Well, I think what's crazy is we're all in different corners of the world, and it's affecting the entire world. So yeah. <laughs> just like I was telling you guys this morning, I woke up super early it was like 4 30 a.m and i went to my grocery store because the pictures i've seen online are like crazy and uh there were like a decent amount of people there and a lot of the shelves were just completely empty it really does feel like you're living in one of those why apocalyptic novels like the fifth wave or something so. yeah i was telling my friends i'm like people act like this is the apocalypse like they're storing food like for some reason they're storing toilet paper like What's, what's with the toilet paper thing? I don't understand that. But oh like... Gosh. Yeah. No, yeah. I don't know if there's much more to say. I just think it's been kind of crazy. <laughs> Hopefully this episode that we have today will kind of cheer people up. Um, this is an episode... Michael's not here right now, this very second, but he has pre-recorded this episode and he's done it completely solo. And I just listened to it and it's really, really good. Um, he's speaking with an author and he'll go more into that it's just a fantastic, fantastic interview about mental health and how how this author kind of how she pulled from her experiences in writing her own debut novel. This episode is coming out on Friday. The book comes out this Tuesday. Most of our listeners seem to download and listen to the episode within the first two days. So look for that. And I'm not going to take any more time. Let's go ahead and cut to that episode. Hi everyone, welcome to the show. Don't adjust your sets and don't get concerned. I know that I'm not an American man, but Saul has let me take over hosting duties today. I've got a really exciting episode coming up. Uh, I sat down and had an interview with the debut author of the upcoming The Edge of Anything, Nora Shalloway Carpenter. I think we've had a really great discussion. The book deals a lot with issues of mental health and 
friendships and how vitally important it is to have people to talk to when you have these issues and that's a lot that's something that Nora and I uh, talk about a lot so I think you're really going to enjoy it just wanted to jump in quickly and assure everyone that everything's fine Sol will be back in the next episode you don't have to get used to listening to me talk for too long and just to talk a little bit about the book before we jump in The Edge of Anything focuses on Len and Sage as they kind of form an unlikely friendship kind of as they both come to terms with traumas that they've experienced that are kind of impacting their mental health and it's just about the, the friendship and how important they are to each other in coming to terms with what they're going through Nora will talk a lot more about that she'll give you a more succinct rundown of the book uh, as we get in the interview so let's, I guess let's just jump right in Hi everyone, welcome back to Bookmarked uh, we've got a really special episode today we've got a really exciting guest with us we have the debut author of The Edge of Anything Nora Shalloway Carpenter Thank you so much for having me. Thanks so much for, for coming on and talk to us. Sure. Nora's the debut author, as I say, of The Edge of Anything. So before we get into the discussion, uh, would you like to kind of tell us a bit about yourself and a bit about the book? Yeah, sure. So um, I write for young adults and for kids. I have a picture book out as well. And I currently live in Asheville, North Carolina. Um, and I grew up in rural West Virginia. The Edge of Anything, like you said, is my debut YA, and it tells the story of the dual narrative of Len, who's an outcast teen photographer who believes that she's slowly losing her mind, and Sage, a popular volleyball star with her own devastating secret, and the unexpected friendship that saves them both. Yeah, uh, and I actually just finished reading this morning, and I must say it was I was very impressed I really enjoyed it I thought it was one of a very interesting look at the delicate topic of mental health Thank and you. it featured one of the most intense games of volleyball that I've ever read in my life so I'm so glad I'm so glad that you like the volleyball in it that that's a really important part to me <laughs> yeah. just before we begin properly have, have you ever been a volleyball player yourself because I know that you talked a lot about it and it was a very important part of the book Yes, definitely. So Sage is a volleyball player, and I was also a volleyball player in high school. Um, not to her caliber. She's recu- recruited by huge schools, um, and she's also a bit taller than I am. But I loved and still love, like, I love watching volleyball. I love playing when I can. But, yeah, it was such an important part of my life. And when I was growing up, I also loved to read, and I also, I never saw volleyball characters in books you know and I always really wanted one so that was important for me I'm passionate about having girl characters playing sports in in novels yeah I think kind of sports books in general are quite rarely seen in YA so Mm -hmm. something I'd like to see more of I really enjoyed it in this kind of learning more about a sport that I've never really known all that much about so great great I'm glad Now to jump into the main kind of discussions, uh, mm-hmm. as I say, The Edge of Anything takes a really honest look at characters that are coping with difficulties such as grief, and there's kind of the running theme of characters moving forward past tragedies. So I just mm-hmm. wanted to ask you, why do you think it, that it's so important to tell stories like this, prominently featuring characters dealing with mental health issues, and especially when it comes to young adult literature? Yeah, so um, that's a great question, and... 
I'm super passionate about this topic. They, as you probably know, mental health issues are on the rise um, all over the world, and especially in teenagers. I just read an article a couple weeks ago in which seven out of every 10 teenagers say that mental health issues are a huge factor among their friends, and they don't, you know, whether they deal with it in their own lives or not, they really don't know how to to deal with it with their friends because, you know, they're teenagers, they're kids. It's hard enough as an adult. And so I think having books that portray characters in an honest, authentic way, um, it not only helps the readers who they themselves that are maybe experiencing a tragedy or a mental health issue and seeing themselves on the page as a real person and not some stereotype as like, you know, a crazy just a crazy person or a weak-minded person or someone to laugh at, but as a real person who has, you know, is not defined by this mental health condition. It's just something that they have to deal with on a daily basis and how they live life through that. One of the things um, that was really important for me to show was that these conditions don't define people. They might be a part of who you are, but it's not like, that's not all that you are. These characters have dreams that they go after. These characters, I really wanted to give them, I don't want to say like a happy ending because, you know, they both go through really difficult, really difficult things, but I very much wanted a hopeful ending for them, you know, to show that they're, no matter how bleak a situation can seem, that there is always, always hope in a situation and that really to find that hope, you often need a connection with another person. I think that, you know, I really ex wanted to explore the idea of friendship in this novel and how it forms, how it can form between very unlikely people and the power, the life-saving power, really, that it has. Um, another reason that the mental health issue is so important to me is that I myself, it's an own voices mental health book, which means that I myself experienced severe OCD um, during my life. I still have OCD and it's something that I deal with. And if you meet me in real life, a lot of people are like, oh, I'd never, you know, guess that you are suffering with this. And I mean, that's with the case with most mental health conditions, you know, um, it's you're 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 dealing with things on a daily basis and people have no idea. And so readers who maybe have never had to think about this in their own life, hopefully by reading the story, can also kind of get a new appreciation for what um, some of their friends might be dealing with, what strangers might be dealing with. And just hopefully, I feel like the world needs more empathy right now. And that's something that I'm hoping the book can offer too. Uh, I like as well how you talk about it kind of being the unauthentic look, because a lot of the time when you read sort of mental health issues in books that aren't kind of focused on that, they mm -hmm. can kind of come across just stereotypical you know yes. uh, I really enjoyed that when I read is that it felt like it felt like these were real experiences that I was reading about rather than someone trying to trying to research what mental health is like without actually having experienced it. Yes uh, I'm glad to hear that because um, as a person that does deal with these issues it's very obvious to me when I read a book <laughs> where I'm like I don't think this person has a, either ever experienced this for themselves or done their homework, you know, and and that's not just doing your homework. Like if you're going to write a character with a mental health issue, 
like it's so much more than just looking it up on the on the internet you know i mean like that's that's you know having beta readers um that have had the issue having basically talking to people that struggle i mean there's so much that you can do and but i i really feel that if you're going to write a character that way you you need to have a darn good reason for it you know if it's stepping outside of your experience yeah it's, it's like it's not it shouldn't just be a thing you put in to have the the mental health character it needs there needs to be an important reason to tell the story rather exactly. than exactly rather... It's, instead of just like making it like a flash like oh look at my my book is you know about a schizophrenic or something you yeah. know like just to, to make it to be something to be a reason that people would pick up the story like if you if you're going if your character is going to be a schizophrenic then why you know and why what kind of like what are the motivations behind that how is it serving the story just really thinking deeply about those questions and and making sure that you're serving the readers as well you know what kind of what are they going to get from this story and isn't it an authentic representation yeah so kind of you, you talk as well about the fact that you've had some of these experiences with the uh-huh. character mm-hmm. it, is there anything you can talk to about that and why that became yeah. the story that you wanted to tell? Yeah. So it, I think it's pretty clear from the opening page that Len is struggling with something. And we, we don't know what it is exactly, but it's clear that something's not right with her. And we find out about midway through the book that she has this undiagnosed mental health condition. And I also, I had this same um the same experience in terms of having a severe mental health condition I had severe OCD and I didn't know that I had it it was um OCD can be trauma induced it's often genetic it can kind of in my case it was unlocked like if you're predisposed to it there are a lot of different ways that it can manifest so I I do want to make clear that the way that Len experiences OCD in the book, you know, might not be the way another person experiences OCD because there are multiple types of it. But um, what I hope comes through is that the feeling, the emotion around having a condition like that from all the people that I've talked to that also suffer from OCD, that feeling is kind of the same. And I wanted to make very clear that this is not, although Len has the same condition as, as I do, it, it's not an autobiographical book. Like this, I, I needed years and years to kind of distance myself from the worst. Uh, like there was this really dark time in my life where I also thought I was kind of losing my mind. Like I was like, what? I'm having these like really weird thoughts that I've never had before and they just keep coming back and I can't get rid of them. And like, what is, what is happening? Like it was really, really scary. And um, I was already a young adult at that time and I had people to help me kind of find, you know, it took a while to kind of figure out what was wrong. And so I, I, I really thought, well, what would happen if there was this teenage girl who, you know, didn't have this help, didn't, if it was hard enough for me to figure out and all of the devastation that I went through, you know, what would happen if this was a teenager who really didn't have the support? And also, I felt so alone during that time and so ashamed, even though I had 
supportive people around me. There's, you know, there is definitely this stigma um, surrounding mental health, mental health that like you should just, I even had people tell me like, you should just snap out of it. Like you need to stop feeling this way, you know? And, and just not only is that such a hurtful thing to say, but the idea that I could maybe just turn it off and I was choosing not to, you know, like that it's just, it is astounding to me that there are people that still think that way. And so hopefully this book can kind of shine a little bit of light on why people can't just turn it off, you know, by themselves and that they really do need help and how to kind of go about getting that. So yeah. Does that answer the question? (laughs) I feel like I just like, okay. (laughs) No, it's definitely. um... As you were talking as well, kind of throughout the novel, Len kind of tries to hide, or not so much hide it, but kind of push it aside. Kind of, she thinks that she has yeah. one condition. Yeah. She she won't kind of accept that she has uh, this OCD. Uh-huh. And then, of course, Sage has her own medical condition, her heart condition, which towards the end of the book, she also realises that maybe she also needs help. And I kind of I like the way that that's a teachable moment as well, that sometimes a person doesn't realise that they have the mental health conditions that they may have. Mm-hmm. And I think that that does a lot as well, that this book does a lot to teach that sometimes it's not just black and white, it's not easy as as like, I have, men- I have a mental health issue or I don't. It's, right. it's a lot more complicated. Oh yeah, and there's all different levels of severity and depending on a lot of uh, where you were raised and the culture that you were raised, there's all kinds of ideas about like for instance I grew up in Appalachia and that is very much like you pull yourself up by your bootstraps you know like you don't have mental health conditions you don't talk to people about your mental health if you're feeling poorly you act like you're not you know like that's that's what I internalized anyway as a young adult and um, I think a lot of people in other areas um, and other cultures have similar experiences with that and it's really really difficult and I certainly did not want to accept when people first you know I had a friend or have a friend who has suffered from OCD through from childhood um and she was like you know I think maybe we should talk about this and I was like no no mine's this is different I'm not doing the same things that you are no no like it was definitely really hard for me to accept. And I, I see that also in other people um, too. And it is so much more complex than just identifying, you know, oh, I think you might have this mental health issue. And um, it's really like like the characters have to kind of discover in the book. Like there's really nothing that you can do unless the person kind of understands that and takes ownership for it. Yeah, and as, as well, kind of on that, I really liked the, the female friendship uh, between Len and Sage that develops through the book. I thought that that was also very authentic, sort of relatable to a teenage kind of years. Like mm-hmm. they haven't grown up as friends through childhood, but they just kind of have this this one connection that maybe they don't even know about at the time. And I think that that is also a very important aspect that you kind of, as you say, you need people to talk to, mm-hmm. especially sometimes people that aren't quite as close to you. Right. Just like new friends that you can just kind of unload everything on and they can help you through. For you, what was like the inspiration behind that friendship? Was that something you've personally experienced? Absolutely. Yeah. So and I talk um, in my acknowledgments, I 
mention um, three women that are kind of, they're kind of my soul friends. I feel like that we've had this deep connection and I've been fortunate enough to have. And that, I've always wanted to write about that. I've always wanted to write about just a deep friendship. Like why do we connect with certain people more and what keeps a friendship like that alive? You know, what, um, what is the impetus for it? What, what do both people need from each other? What do both people give to the friendship? And I just really love that idea because my friends are so important to me. I mean, I, I'm married, I have a husband and you know, he's my friend too, but like, it's so much more than just like, you can have a romantic partner, but you also want to have like deep friendships with other people. And I think sometimes that gets lost in today's messaging. You know, it's kind of like, oh, you just need, if you just find the love of your life, everything will be great, you know? And I, I think that's a slippery slope, you know, to convey, especially to teenagers, um, if they're thinking that they need to find A, that the love of their life or that some great love is going to save them and B, that they're going to find it in high school, that, you know, it's a precarious, <laughs> precarious situation. So, but they, I, I feel like everyone does have the possibility of finding a deep friendship like this. And so I really wanted to kind of tease that out a bit. Yeah, that's another sort of thing that I'd love to see more of and why it's just focusing on friendships. Mm-hmm. I think that's that's also an important story to tell. Yeah, I agree. I'm so glad that you enjoyed the friendship because you're not a woman, you know, you're a man. Yeah. And I think sometimes like there's this idea that boys can't read books about girls or, you know, that they can't enjoy them. And so it makes me really happy that you really liked yeah. it. <laughs> no, that's, that's definitely something I've always like. I'm a, I'm a, as you say, I'm a 26 year old man. A lot of the time, people won't expect me to be the kind to go out and read YA books. But yeah, you know, a story's a story to me. Right. So if it's a, a story like this about female friendships, like I don't know why <laughs> there's this <laughs> notion that I shouldn't enjoy it. But right. you know, I do, and I think that's something that I always try to get into people is that like. There's nothing wrong with men reading stories about women. I don't. I just don't yeah. understand why why it should be. I think they would learn a lot. You know, I think it would be really helpful. <laughs> I yeah. love reading stories about boy characters and about men because it like helps me understand. Like it's I. I don't know. I just I wish everyone could just read. Like you said, a story is a story, and um, that's another stigma that I hope. I hope we can break. That's kind of something as well that we spoke about in one of our recent episodes is that I think that, that we are kind of moving towards that, that people are more open to accepting YA books and sort of, I hate I hate the term, like girl books. Yeah. And I think that that is something that we are moving towards. I just hope that I'm helping out in some way. I hope so. I hope that we are moving there and you definitely are helping out by talking about books like this. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for saying so. Yeah, of course. So another thing that I that I wanted to talk about uh, in relation to the, the mental health aspect in the book is obviously you've spoke about your own personal experience, but did you have to do research on top of that? Because obviously mental health can be a sensitive subject to talk about and to yeah. write about. So did you do much kind of in the way of research? I did. I did. um, I did not do as much research as I had to do about Sage's um, physical condition. But yes, I did. I talked to a lot of sufferers, OCD sufferers. And in addition to my own 
experience, understood what their experiences were, kind of. And I didn't want to, you know, it was important for me to not create like a mashup of you know, kind of everyone's experiences that that didn't feel real to me. So um, Len, I gave her very, very specific triggers that affect her and her type of, of OCD. And I did do a lot. I did do, you know, just like your basic reading research as well. But her character came, I don't want to say came easier to me, but the emotional part of it I could tap into that just because of what I had gone through, even though it was incredibly painful at times and difficult to write because I kind of had, or I definitely had to get back into this time and remembering um, this awful part of my life that, you know, I'd rather really not remember, but I've actually come to, to know, I think an important part of healing is the remembering is the talking people a lot of times want to just like, no, I'm going to shut that part of myself down. And that that's kind of actually what can slow healing. So, um, so yeah, I did do, I did do some research. And you can, you mentioned in there as well about Sage's, the research for Sage's character. Do you want to talk a bit about that? The kind of medical yeah, aspect? absolutely. Yes. I did a ton of research for that. So I actually um, went to the office of a pediatric cardiologist who is the the type of doctor that Sage would have seen. I did all the tests that she would undergo. I spoke at length and multiple times to the cardiologist kind of at one point I asked him, I was like, okay, you know, here's a situation. I'm going to like kind of pretend to be this girl. Is that cool? Like, can I just like fire questions at you? Like the way that I imagine her in my head and like, I'm going to record your responses and take note of like your demeanor and stuff. And he was like, okay. And it was so nice. Like he's, you know, they're all so busy and he's like cramming me in on his lunch break. So like while he's eating his salad, but like, and I'm firing off these questions, you know, and then be like, well, what if her dad said this? And what if this happens? And, and, you know, completely even keel, you can tell that this person has done this a lot. He, he would answer my questions. And some of, some of that actually made it into the book almost verbatim, you know, and then just in general, following up with his, um, with him and his office, in addition to doing research about the heart condition and talking to people. I know, unfortunately, I know some people who have had family members that who have died um, from the condition and, you know, talking to them a bit too. So that part I, I was, I definitely did a lot of work on. Yeah, you can really tell that as well through the reading. Okay, you can tell that a lot of research and a lot of time has been put into to Sage's character. Okay. Obviously, it's, it's a very scary condition that she has, yes. uh, to be honest. It's, again, something that I didn't really know about, and I'm glad that I do now because it's kind of learning more about these things that are more common than they should be. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I'm really glad that that's kind of, that's the other side of the story that you told through this. Good. And in that, are there any like specific resources that you would like to recommend? I know yes. that you've got I know that you have <laughs> a lot in the, the author's note at the end of the book. But. Yes, yes. And those are the ones that I um that I wanna recommend. The International O C D Foundation. Not only if you yourself have O C D, but if you think that maybe someone you love has OCD or a friend. They have a newsletter. They have a great website. They also have, and I put this in the book too, there's um, fact sheets specifically for kids and teens and how to get help. There are behavioral health treatment services. Um, there's a locator that's in the book. 
you can call the Mental Health Services Administration. And I'm going to give this number for people. It's 1-800-662-HELP. So it's 662-4357. There is the National Alliance on Mental Illness. Their website is www.nami.org. There is the Anxiety and Depression Association of America, um, ADAA.org. And there's Beyond OCD, which is just beyondocd.org. And so these are, there are a lot of resources out there. If you are going through a crisis, it is almost impossible to find them yourself. You know, like you, you just, like you're struggling to function, you're struggling to day to day, like things are overwhelming. The idea of trying to help yourself can be just, it's just too much, you know? And so that's why I do really think it's important that everyone be made aware of these so that if you have chances are someone in your immediate circle and you're either in your family or in your immediate circle of friends is suffering some kind of mental health condition. And even if you don't know it, they are, they might be suffering in silence. Um, so you're probably connected to someone. And so that's why I just think it's really crucial that all of these resources be at the ready for people and that we're willing to talk about it. It's such an uncomfortable situation. I mean, I remember as a teen, I would have had, it would have just been really hard for me to to talk about it was so hard for me to talk about as an adult even when one of my friends came to me and was like you know will you talk to me you know and that's as pretty much of um of an opening as you're gonna get but like if you have if you if you're carrying this sense of I should be able to rise above this or I should be able to not feel this way or something's wrong with me. If you have had that ingrained in you for whatever reason, it can just be really, really difficult to find help. And so that's why I just think we should all be looking out for each other. Definitely. Thanks a lot for sharing those. I'll, I'll link those all in the show notes. Oh, wonderful. Uh, Thank you. Yeah. And as you say, these kind of resources are vital if people mm -hmm. are looking for help. But also, if you're not struggling with any of these issues, it's also important to to know about these things, to read. Yeah. Because for everyone that needs help, you could be that help. So yes. I think it's important even just to, to look over, just have a note of these these services yeah. for whenever you need them. So thanks for that. Yeah. So that's about everything that uh, I have in terms of the edge of anything. My next question, really, just to kind of start wrapping us up, is what's, what's coming next from Nora? Yeah. Um, so I'm so excited about my next project. Um, I have a book. It's an anthology actually called Rural Voices coming out. Um, let's see, it's October 13th of this year and it's coming out with Candlewick and in it there's 15 authors and we challenge um, assumptions about small time America. And I am so, so excited and so passionate about this project. Like I, as I mentioned before, I'm from rural West Virginia and that has been quite an experience in recent years, you know, having a rural identity and especially with what's going on politically in the United States, there have just been a lot of misconceptions and the idea that everyone from rural America is the exact same and thinks the same and has the same ideology. So we have a very diverse contributor list and the project itself is a mixed genre so there are a lot of short stories but there's also graphic short stories there's poetry there's an essay hopefully it will connect no matter what type of reader you are you'll find something in there to connect to so i'm super excited about that that sounds really exciting that's it something that i'm quite looking forward to now oh, good. <laughs> also not not being from america eh, and reading hawaii books a lot tend to focus on the big cities. You know, you read a lot about New York, yeah. 
Los Angeles. So that is that's something that I'm I'm looking forward to. So I'll link Great. that I'll link that in the show notes as well. Thank you so much. So just a reminder then, uh, the Edge of Anything comes out March twenty fourth, I believe. Mm-hmm, that's right. That will be linked below as well. And is there anything else, any last things you'd like to talk about? Uh, just that you can pre-order the book now. That really helps authors. And if you want to follow me on social media or reach out to me to talk about any of these, I love connecting with readers. I love talking about books and topics like this. So that's it. Great. Yeah. And if you want to find uh, us on social media, you can get us on Twitter at Bookstack or at BookmarkedYA. And on Instagram, we're just at Bookstack. And again, I'll link all the kind of the links to the books, to the mental health services and resources, everything like that will be linked below. And thanks very much again, Nora, for coming on. It's been really great talking to you. Thank you so much for having me, Michael. I've had a great time. I don't know that one. That's my Alexa. <laughs> I don't even I don't even know what I said to say that was. That's so funny. Looking for something to listen to after this podcast is over? We always suggest reading a book. And what better way to consume books than with Audible? In the subway or in the car, when you're mowing the lawn or doing dishes, it doesn't matter where you are or what you're doing. You can always catch up on your TBR list with an audiobook. And for listeners of this podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook download when you sign up for a 30-day trial at audibletrial.com slash bookstacked. Audible selections includes books like Victoria Aveyard's Red Queen series and Tomi Ediemi's Children of Blood and Bone. Again, go to audibletrial.com slash bookstacked for your free audiobook. And don't forget that even if you quit the trial, you get to keep the book.